Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I am your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. serious episode for folks today bro yes sir. i'm excited i know you're excited just to give people a little preview of the next who knows how long it'll be somewhere between 35 to 55 to 65 minutes of their life <laughs> <laughs> however however long we feel like making people feel good um we're gonna talk about well, we're going to talk about the slap eventually, even though I didn't even I wasn't even sure if I felt like talking about that. But so many people asked me and or you what we think about it. So we'll have to we'll cover we'll it. Broach, some we'll typical, broach the subject. We'll broach the subject in typical B-dorm fashion. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about some themes that we think cor- uh, come to play in regards to that. But we also have for the first time. We're, we have a guest on the Beyond podcast. We are expanding to friends and family of the pod. We are going to be joined by, or I should say, we're actually going to have a, a pre-recorded uh, special segment um, for our listeners with Peter Saji, producer and writer known for Blackish, Mixedish, Cougar Town, and various other exciting projects. So, Pete Saji. So let's jump right in and get this going. First off, as usual, what are you drinking today, JT? I, honestly, I have I have no drink. I'm drinkless. But that's only because I have like four drinks in me, bro. I just came from, uh, shout out to uh, Tennessee Ave Beer Hall. I'm in Atlantic City. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, as, as, as your, your people, the Caribbean people say, I'm on the road, right? Um, I'm, I'm on, I'm on <laughs> yes, location. Um, and, uh, I came down to AC to work on my novel, been down here for a couple of days, trying the local fair. Just want to shout out to the local spots. Um, love a good beer hall, lots of good stouts and porters. Y'all know I drink the dark beers. Um, so I literally have like four in me, so I'm, I'm lit for this episode. Let's go. <laughs> what oh, you got though? I know you got I know you got a good goodness. Book. What you drinking, bro? <laughs> what you drinking? <laughs> you're already, you're the, the, the witching, the beat arm witching hour has already started for you is what you're saying, right? Yes. Yes. And I, <laughs> listen, it's, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting week, man, but tell me, tell me what you're drinking. I know you got something sexy, bro. Um, so in usual fashion, I tried to, you know, make myself something nice. I like to drink sexy, as we say here. But crazy thing happened to me. But I feel like this is sometimes how the best. This is like one of those good accidents that occurred. I thought I still had some of that High West bourbon in my cabinet. Apparently, I finished it. Didn't realize it. <laughs> That's kind of what happens with stuff like that, right? It happens. Yeah, yeah. So last minute, I thought to myself. Well, I was going to make a hot toddy because last episode, when we were talking about brunch, you were talking about how a hot toddy is your one of your favorite brunch cocktails. And I, that's yes. been simmering in my mind ever since then. So then I was like, all right, I never actually made myself a hot toddy. I've ordered them before. Let me make one. Right. Got ready to make one. Ran, realized I didn't have the bourbon. Started cussing in the kitchen, <laughs> looking like a crazy man. And then I saw my bottle of Blue Label. Blue Label was staring at me like, bro. What? I'm not good enough for that. And then I was like, nah, man, you're too good for that. Like it's a right. it's it, that's like breaking the rules to make a mixed cocktail with the blue label. But however, then I had a mo- then I had a moment I said, Piz, but you're you're a rule breaker. Right? <laughs> like that's what we do. As long as long as as long as it's rules, some rules are meant to be broken, and that's a rule that's meant to be broken. So yes. I made myself what I guess. We'll now have to refer to as a highbrow hot toddy, perhaps a B dorm toddy. I don't know. Privileged hot toddy. 
<laughs> the privileged potty. If y'all were listening to the last episode where, where we talked about privilege, and we from now on we make privileged things. So in any case, um, hot water, fresh squeezed lemon, um, blue label, and regular stevia this time, not flavored because I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to get too crazy with with it, so. Just yeah. regular stevia because I'm actually trying to reduce my sugar intake these days. So didn't want to go with the honey or agave or anything like that. There we go. Simple, effective, tastes great. Got you. The hot toddy, just the the cure-all for, for every ailment in the American South. <laughs> <laughs> Only the South. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So so like I said, we got a lot to get into. So let's go. Um so I was thinking oh, wait, about before, before you get started, bro. I, I just want to shout out, you know, congratulations to uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. First black oh, yeah. woman on the Supreme Court. We just want to throw some love to the final destination of a woman who has worked her entire career to get to the, the highest possible position. Super qualified um, and, and also just, to sh- you know, diversifying our, our legal bodies, which is we talked about in the last pod. It's not necessarily an effort to make sure that we have enough people of color. It's having strong voices that can represent uh, the things that we hold dear in the same way that, um, you know, the OWMs always have people to represent their ideals. Uh, I'm, I'm referring to the old white men. Um, so shout out to Katanji Brown-Jackson. Piz, hit him. So, um, one of the theme, one of the themes we're going to talk about today is causality and accountability. And one of the things that I haven't, um, I haven't ever spoken to you about before is that we, we haven't really even talked about religion much, not only on this pod, but just as, as boys, we haven't talked about religion that much. And one of the things that while I am a uh, Catholic Christian um, lifelong, I am fascinated by always fascinated by learning uh, about different religions, largely because of the similarities in um, most religions at their core fascinates me. But one of the things my uh, my sis, both of my sisters um, dabbled in, I shouldn't say dabbled in because they they embraced some uh buddhist practices and philosophies and uh natalie my older sister who went to school with us um introduced me to nishran buddhism and one of the things one of the tenets of nishran buddhism is something called the lotus sutra and what that refers to is they 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 use the symbol of the lotus flower because of to symbolize the oneness of cause and effect specifically the cause of aspiring to enlightenment and the effect of attaining it um, because and that's because the lotus is a flower that blooms and seeds at the same time, um, et cetera, et cetera. But in becoming familiar with Buddhism, and I'm not trying to claim that I'm some amazing Buddhist or anything like that. I, I learned about it. I went to some ceremonies. I, I haven't been in the practice for a long time, but I appreciate some of the stuff that I learned. And one thing that stuck with me from some of the, the ceremonies that I went to was this idea of cause and effect. And it helped me try to kind of even focus more, take it to another level and focus more on uh, the how I and all of us really need to sometimes sit back and understand that a lot of the things that we feel we are victims of at times, we are also simultaneously the cause of in some manner. And we don't always have the ability for some reason to see clearly that direct correlation between what we experience and what we did to either cause it or participate in that becoming reality in some way, shape or form, either indirectly or directly. Now, the reason I bring that up and why it was on my mind is because I've been looking in the world of sports in the world of media entertainment, obviously the slap that occurred at the Oscars and I see people getting uppity on all sides of things when it comes to who's right, who's wrong, 
what somebody did to call to make someone do something, what somebody, whether somebody's reaction was acceptable, et cetera. And I'm not here to be the judge or jury in relation to people's actions or behaviors all the time. But what I can say is that what I find, what I've, what I have found to be interesting and I've seen it play out in sports and team sports, especially basketball. You and I are huge basketball fans. I've seen this play out with my team, the Nets, uh, with the Lakers right now and their uh, demise this season um, and several and, and with uh, several other sports teams and players is that one of the greatest freedoms we have in life is the freedom of choice. And we're often faced with making a choice in self-interest that conflicts with a choice that might take into consideration the impact that it has on our membership to a group, a team, or just the, the entire human collective at large. And I'm in all these situations, I'm seeing, uh, and we saw this play out on a large scale in the pandemic more than anything else, right? Where yes, sir. people want to use the freedom of choice in self-interest, but don't want to necessarily face the accountability for those choices as they pertain to a larger group. And I'm just finding it harder and harder for myself as someone who I said has spent a lot of time really trying to focus and hone in on how life is about cause and effect at its, at its core, how there's this disconnect in so many of the scenarios where people, it's kind of this, like people want their cake and eat it too, where I'm my, my take on these things, as you know, I'm, I try to be, I'm trying, I try to be not overly judgmental. I just want to say, you can make that choice. I don't have to agree with your choice or I can agree with your choice, but we still have to acknowledge what that choice may mean in, in how, in how you are going to exist outside of just this world of self. So that said, I'll let you take that, whether you want to talk about the slap, whether you want to talk about uh, Kyrie again, going back to one of our first episodes or any other sports figure or any other aspect that that may play out in society that you're seeing. What are your thoughts? Well, let me go deep first and then and then I'm going to jump into some sports because um, you, you can't talk about choice and causality with two sci fi heads and not talk about the Matrix. So just real quick. <laughs> True. For, for those who, for the uninitiated, we do this all the time, right? Um, if you haven't seen The Matrix, if you were scared off by, you know, the explosions and the fight scenes and you said this is an action movie, it's a philosophy film. Um, and I actually, I, I taught the first Matrix film in my science fiction class. We talk a lot about the concept of choice and causality in the sense that in the film, the choices are pretty much already made. And uh, the Oracle, which is based on the ancient Greek Oracle character, which is a, a being that can uh, tell the future, but tells the future in a very esoteric way. So you still kind of have to figure things out for yourself. The Oracle character tells the protagonist many times that he's already made his choices, but he doesn't understand them because he hasn't really thought through the choices that he's made. And this, this concept of understanding after you have decided what the consequences of your choices are going to be, even if you don't know what those consequences are, if you haven't, always, if you haven't thought all the way through, you're putting yourself in a position where you don't know what's going to happen. You are relinquishing power. And for some strange reason, and I'll transition here, people like Kyrie Irving, for example, who made a personal choice to not get vaccinated and in the process, you know, severely damaged his team's, your team's <laughs> chances of <laughs> securing <laughs> the, top, the top seed in, in the East, which they clearly should have with that roster. Clearly should be the top seed in the East with that roster. Um, will they make the playoffs? Sure. Will they do well? Depends on how many games everybody plays and how well they mesh together. But when we think about how 
as individuals, we have an opportunity to make a choice that may affect the greater good. And we still choose to do the one thing that will affect myself or my family or the people that are immediately in my circle. There are many people who will say that there's virtue in that. I'm not one of those people. I'm a greater good kind of person. Um, so I find that to be inherently human and very selfish. And for, for, for lack of a better way to put it, it's a form of evil to, to disregard the public good in order to preserve what you think is your right to make certain choices. And this is what happened a lot with the pandemic, with people who did not fully understand that they were taking part in a public health crisis. And every time I got into a conversation with someone about um, the concept of vaccination, not whether they were vaccinated or not, but just talking about the concept of vaccination, it always comes down to, well, it's my body, it's my choice. The irony, of course, is those are the same people like those legislators in Oklahoma that are trying to take choice away from women. Those are the same people who are so pro-choice when it comes to the opportunity to buy guns and unlimited bullets, for example. But when it comes to this issue, it became, well, it's my body, my choice. I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree with some of the sentiments you're expressing, but I'm not going to go. I don't go as I'm not going to go as far as to say that I think it's inherently evil to make the choice of self because it's not always, not always, not always, not always per se. And and I'm not even going to lump. I'm trying to even as I get older, try not try to steer away from lumping everybody, people into groups that saying that like that you know that that all the people who do this mean this or et cetera. But what, that's why what I, the way I I'm, I'm really looking at it is I don't care. You should, you as an individual don't need to even care whether what I think or feel about the decision you're making. If you're choosing to make an a decision in your own self-interest, as long as that decision doesn't have a negative impact on other people. Right. But if that decision does have a negative impact on other people and you still choose to make that decision, I'm not even I'm not even here to say you can't do that. Shame on you, et cetera. I'm just personally I was just going to use the word flabbergasted. I don't know where that came from, but I'll <laughs> use it. I'm just personally, personally flabbergasted. I think that came from the hot toddy, by the way. I'm just personally no flabbergasted that. That it almost seems sometimes like people are really gaslighting us when they they try to act like they're the the what's go what what's actually it's happening to them. And again, not to pick on Kyrie because like because I don't think he's a bad guy, but like you were saying, but like but but when when people start making him the martyr in the story, I'm like he's not the martyr. He just he made he's a decision. Not. He made a decision in self in, in self interest, and he's he was facing the consequences. And the only consequence was you can't play you can't play some basketball, bro. Right? Like in the grand right. scheme of life, that like the consequences for him personally weren't harsh. The consequences for some of his teammates, and me being a big Brooklyn Nets fan, <laughs> like witnessing, like that clearly <laughs> messed up like the whole situation with James Harden. For sure. Right. Right. Chase them um, out of town. Yeah. Does, ha does Harden so, leave if Kyrie's playing all season? Probably not. No, no, probably not. Um, Harden made it clear in several, several press conferences without saying the direct words he alluded to in numerous press conferences, the issues of the inconsistency of players avail availability and, and COVID <laughs> and, and. playing a part of that. So, um, <laughs> but like, but here, but here's even more taking my, taking my, my, I guess my, my concern or my confusion or just this sentiment of, of like this, 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 this weird feeling that I get when I see these situations play out where people don't want to take accountability for their actions is, uh, the fact that it's, it's just, I don't know, man, it is, it is, it, 
it's when it's like we talked about in one of our early episodes when you may you said something funny when you talked about that like um people were the first yelp right yeah remember saying that like yeah pe- people were also the are, are are also usually the the people that surround you are usually the ones that help when you have difficulty holding yourself accountable that's why you need to surround yourself with good mature people that are able to call you out and and help you Whole, uh, redirect accountability when necessary, right? Um, but what I'm seeing in a lot of these scenarios, I'm I can't believe the amount of enabling that I'm seeing of people. And I'll give you an example. Kevin Durant goes makes a quote um, the other day. Um, I'm I don't want to misquote him, so this isn't a direct quote, but something to the effect of talking about how his injury is what derailed. His MCL injury earlier in the season is what derailed yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, bro, whoa, 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 whoa. We watch, we watch <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah, we, who, like, who are you fooling? That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, gaslighting. And now to take it, let's take it off of sports. We'll talk, we'll go to the slap, right? That okay. we that, like I said, it's been talked about so much. And I'm and I'm I'm so already sick of hearing the different like arguments and, and extremisms on both sides of it where I got no problem with Will Smith choosing to mm, determine for himself, what are the priorities in life and whether or not in that moment, he feels that defending his partner in a manner that he feels is defending them that I may not agree with as a, a way of be, of defending them that, uh, but he has the freedom, like we said, to make that choice. What I don't understand are all the people who are, who are jumping to at, like adamantly defend the action that he took and say, and, and not just defend it's fine, I guess, to defend it, but defend it. In, but while claiming that he should, there shouldn't be any consequences. In what yeah, world excuse, do we live in? Excuse is yeah. the word you're looking for, Pizzle. Thank you. People are like, out here like, excusing it. Yeah, and I'm like, you can agree with his action. You can think that that's an action that is worth taking in the circumstance. But if you, in any circumstance, think that the action of going and physically assaulting someone at is, the Grammys. <laughs> at the Grammys <laughs> is no 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 at the Oscars at the Oscars at the Oscars the excuse me I've been <laughs> drinking Oscars, is what <laughs> is is the action that someone needs to take how can you reasonably tell me that you don't understand that there are repercussions to that actions that you must face as part of self accountability even Will Smith recognized that immediately after right so like so like right. if we can't if we, cause I can, I think we can, we can have, I can have a discussion with anybody and I'm willing to accept anybody's opinion about what someone should do, shouldn't do, or what you think. Like I love as we, that's why we have this podcast. I love embracing new opinions and different opinions and philosophies that are different than mine. What I don't, but we're not, we're not having a same, we're, we can't have a discussion about difference of opinion. If your opinion is one that disregards self-accountability for the actions that one takes. Bro, you know, accountability is weird these days because like, you know, that uh, those checks and balances that you were talking about earlier, like human beings and surrounding yourself with those people, the people aren't doing that because they're getting all the, the, the support for their bullshit on social media. So whatever idea I have, I can go on social media and be enabled and, and, and be emboldened in certain cases. Uh, you know, we, we, you and I have talked a lot about <laughs> the the whole flat earth issue, which is a, a completely different story. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. But like the fact <laughs> that people get together in a conference to discuss their conspiracy theories these days. This is, this isn't, that's, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. The, 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 the things that used to be fringe are now making money. And there are people that are making money off of it. And there, there are groups of people that are supporting these things. So, like, I don't, I don't have to be accountable. Whatever I do, whatever I say, I'm going to find a way to make myself feel good about it. And the, 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 other, the other side of this coin is 
the the amount of energy that especially young people right now, um, you know, uh, late teens, twenties, even some early thirties, spending a lot of energy talking about uh, self care and um, you know uh, self indulgence and 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 all of those things, which on their face are great, but when they start to replace the idea of accountability, which is what's going on a lot. Like, I don't have to worry about what you think of me because I'm going to go to a spa and I'm going to feel great. <laughs> and then I'm going to go online and I'm going to post pictures of it. And everybody's going to tell me about how great I look and how fresh my skin is. Therefore, mm. it doesn't really matter what you think. And that as a concept is, is creating a society where I can say what I want and do what I want. And people will assume that I am a free thinker. This is this concept. We might we might as well put free thinker in our dirty word section, right? People will think that I'm <laughs> yeah. a people think I'm a free thinker. Therefore, um, you know, I can't be judged for anything that I say. And this is what's going on with the will with the will smack. You got people that are on social media saying that was the wrong thing to do, but he shouldn't be punished for it. What world is that? What world do we live in where you do wrong? And you shouldn't, you shouldn't get punished for it. I can understand not getting punished just because of whatever, but there are people advocating that he shouldn't get punished for it. That to me is ridiculous because he knew in that slow walk across that stage that he was doing something wrong, but he chose to do it anyway. Now, when you choose to do something wrong and you know that it's wrong, you have to accept the consequences. Yeah. And that's and the crazy thing about that at its core, when you think about when you think about um, activism, if you think about going back to Martin Luther King and civil rights activism, there was what made those moments so powerful and so meaningful is those people knew and accepted the consequences of their actions and chose to do it anyway. And that is when you become someone who, who, who does elevate your, I don't know what you want to call it. Wisdom, <laughs> what a wokeness, whatever you want to refer to it as you're, you're not nobody, or at least I'm not impressed by someone who wants to take big time action but wants to run away from any accountability for that or that they know comes with it because sometimes and taking it back to the civil rights activists sometimes yes the the penal the, the penalty itself may be the problem but you are still aware of the penalty that you will face for the action that you're taking in order to uh, to bring attention to that problem in the first place. And those people didn't right. run away from that. And what's cons and what, what just irks me is how people want the glory for the action that they're taking. That is supposed to be viewed as some grandiose, amazing act of valor or act of wokeness. But, but you don't want to uh, accept or acknowledge the consequence that, you know, is part of that. To me, that is that that is there's something weak about that. Kyrie Irving, excuse me, <laughs> I have to clear my to clear my throat real quick. We got like I just, again, we got to stop picking because there was one thing I, I have said this. <laughs> we haven't talked about this on the pod, but I will say this because anytime anybody talks about bad about Kyrie, I got to also defend my nets, and I will say <laughs> that he. He didn't do an Aaron Rodgers. He didn't. He did not. He did not. Where at like, least <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah, one step worse in my opinion than uh, taking and doing the doing an action and and admitting to the action and being proud of the action, but not wanting to take the respons responsibility for it is doing the action, but pretending you don't do that <laughs> and hiding hiding that from people. So that nobody can hold you responsible, accountable, because you know you should be held accountable. 
That's well, another I'm, step I'm not, in the wrong, further right. in the wrong direction. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I will give credit where credit is due. If you're going to engage in what I have deemed selfish ass behavior, at least you should own it. Thank you, Kyrie, for owning your shit. And at the end of the day, all the people in Brooklyn and all over the world who are viewing this dude as some kind of like folk hero, because this is real. Like people, he's, he stood up for our rights. He didn't stand up for your rights. So you weren't paying attention. He did it for himself. He wasn't fighting for you. So for all y'all out there who are lauding this dude as a hero, he was not fighting for you. He's not a civil rights activist. He's a dude who decided not to get a shot because he didn't want to get a shot for himself. And everything that happened after that is circumstantial. So I want to give credit where credit is due. He owned it, but he's no hero, ladies and gentlemen. He's not a hero, okay? He might be a hero come playoff time because he does do that. Kyrie in the playoffs, (laughs) don't sleep. You're making a team, you got to pick five dudes in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving might need to be one of them, like all-time type shit. So He might be all-time, all-time, all-time top hero basketball player, player. Right. Hero ball, hero ball. Kyrie, I'm I'm with it. But, But he ain't no hero in your folk culture. Okay? Okay, Brooklyn? He's not a hero. Black community. He's a dude who made a <laughs> decision for himself. That's it. But, I'm done. I'm off my soul. Getting back, getting back again, just to bring it full circle to my point, because it sounds like I don't want people to misinterpret what we're what we're saying, what, at least what I'm saying here, which is because my point is I don't have beef with Kyrie. I don't have beef with Will Smith. I don't have beef with with Chris, uh, Chris Rock. I don't have issue with any of these people for making a decision that they felt was the best decision for themselves. And in many of these instances, they're not the ones who are actually trying to not take accountability for their actions. Like I said, Will Smith apologized, et cetera. No, no understands the action that he took. I'm signed from the Academy. Yeah. My confusion that I'm expressing is with, or my frustration and confusion is with the masses of people in society who are coming to not just the support of it's one thing to be supportive of the individual, but supportive of the, because you believe the action that they took was justified and you support them for taking in and understand the consequences that they'll face as a result. I'm talking about the people who are out there talking about that was the, their action was justified and they should face no consequences whatsoever. And, and that's just how it should be. <laughs> Because Dude, I don't understand like, what world these people live in, man. Like, I don't get it. Like, if you do something like that, there should be consequences. There should be serious consequences. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just gonna we're just gonna be a, a society. We're just gonna be a slap boxing society out here. Every time people's mad with each with each other, <laughs> like yo, open like, house and, on and, um, and and um. And if I may, I'm not going to name any names, but I'm a, um, I'm just going to throw a funny story out there for people if I can, Justin. Um, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the Beat Orm podcast. Just okay. to, to wrap this segment up for people. Um, I know someone who <laughs> once took it upon himself because he was unhappy with something that another grown man did. So he walked up to him and slapped him in the face in front of all like, the rest of us in B dorm. And we watched <laughs> <laughs> and said, Whoa. So, and I'll, let's just put it this way. The, 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 the your, <laughs> as we've talked, mentioned before, not a small dude. And the dude you slapped in the face is a lot larger than you. He's so it was, a, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and this, and this wasn't at the Oscars. <laughs> right. 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 So, so and the reason I bring this up, it's not just to tell a funny story, but to acknowledge, Hey, you and I are dudes who have taken 
actions that we know were the wrong actions or not necessarily the wrong actions that we felt might have felt were justified <laughs> at the time, but we knew there were some consequences of the potentially of those actions. And we're and one of those actions has been slapping another grown ass black man in the face. No need for names. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put a button on the story, though, me, me and the dude are fine. So there's there's yeah. there's hope for Will <laughs> and, and Chris Rock, too. <laughs> oh, B-Dorm, right. we miss you, B-Dorm. Fun times. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, as we mentioned earlier, we got our pre-recorded segment with the one and only Pete Saji. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Be Dorm Podcast. We are here with the incomparable Peter Saji. Don't laugh. It's real. <laughs> real. This is, this is my man from, from Andover. We go way, way back. Uh, you know, Saji left... Uh, that place went to UVA and uh, left that place and continued on to Hollywood. Uh, wrote for Cougar Town, uh, writer producer, blackish, mixedish, uh, motorcycle enthusiast, uh, beard gang, and all around <laughs> gangster, Pete Saji. Welcome to the Be Doing Podcast, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Um, no, this is, this is, this, but this might be the first podcast I've done. Actually. I don't know if I've done it. So oh, we wow. popping all kinds of cherries. Look, yeah. I love it. <laughs> You're our first guest. First podcast. Fantastic. So I don't want to, we're not going to go deep into our history and all of that shit. We're not going to do that. That's not what we're uh, here for. Um, I, I'm, we're going to go a little deep and then we, and then we, we like to go deep and then come back to shallow. Right. Piz? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so we'll go deep first. I um, you know, I I I really loved Blackish. Um yeah. and as an educator, I've always like tried to toe the line between uh uh you know trying to teach and trying to like be chill and entertain. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a it's a weird balance because if you you know, if you make a clown of yourself, people don't take you seriously as an educator. Right. But then if you don't make it fun, people aren't interested. So, and yeah. I'm, I mean, I teach English, so it's, it's, a, it's a subject where there's some room to do that kind of stuff. And I wanted to know if, from your perspective, uh, working on Blackish, did you feel the kind of pressure to educate while you were entertaining? You know, because I mean, you're a sitcom writer. The the, the right. goal is to write jokes. Yeah. But because of the the content matter, like you often, I mean, so a bunch of the episodes. You know, uh, we're going to talk about the Juneteenth episode, obviously. But you find yourself in a situation where, like, you had to like, you know, educate some folks. So did you? Did y'all feel that kind of pressure? So it's interesting. So you know, I, I majored in uh, something called political and social thought, like in college. It was basically pre-law, right? And, and like the director of my major, very uh, like just academic genius. Right. And, um, and I remember like at one point, like it was my senior year and he was like, you know, my biggest fear for you is that you're going to go to Hollywood and waste your analytical mind. Mm. And I was like, mm. so you think I might make it in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> And, and so like, I always had this, this nagging feeling of like disappointing him. Do you know what I mean? Of just like this, this, this dude that saw a different sort of potential in me. And, and you got to remember, remember blackish, like I, now I'm, I'm on a different show right now called Unprisoned, And, you know, the industry has changed completely in those eight years since blackish first started. And because we were there, it sort of, it like took a moment for me to realize how much it had changed. Do you know what I'm saying? And so like when we came in to do Blackish, it was just 
a sitcom about this family. Do you know what I mean like that was the thing, right? And it was different. And it was the first network sitcom, I think, since my wife and kids. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it had been a minute, right? And so, and then now when you see like the Insecures and the Atlantas and all that kind of stuff, like it feels like that was, that's how it's been. But it was like, that didn't exist before that, right? Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. And so, so what ended up happening is like, we're doing these episodes and then if we're talking about code switching or, you know, it's like, well, this ABC audience isn't going to know what that is. So we kind of have to like give them context so they know what we're talking about. Mm. And then it was like, people started loving that, right? They're like, oh my gosh, like I learned about Juneteenth or this or the dozens or, you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing. Do you know what I mean? So it, that was never the goal. It was just kind of like, you know, we can't make a, a, a code switching joke if you don't know what code switching is. So then we got to explain it to you, you know? And so, um, and so at the beginning, the pressure we felt at the beginning wasn't necessarily to like educate. It was that like, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but people weren't excited about blackish on ABC, right? They were like, uh -huh. what is, they were like, the, 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 the community was not, was was tentatively <laughs> like pessimistic, right? And because it was like, you know, ABC didn't have a track record really of that type of programming, right? So, and then yeah. the term, the name Blackish is like, what are you trying to say? Do you know what I mean? So, so we were just kind of like, we felt the pressure of being the only game in town, right? Where everyone was like, well, are you gonna do an episode about this? Are you gonna do an episode about this? And it was like, well, we can't, we can't do everything and we can't please everyone. So that, that was the pressure we felt at the beginning. And so when all the other shows started happening, it was like, okay, great. They can do that. And they can do that. And we can do, you know what I mean? And so suddenly then the, are you going to do this became less because people weren't expecting us to do everything all at once, you know? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so first off, thanks again. For join for joining us, you and I. This is our first time even meeting, right? Yeah, um, so I I got a question for you. I got an admission for you, and then a question for you. So, okay. um, and this is kind of piggybacking off of what Justin was talking about. And you were just talking about with that kind of educating people stuff, especially. Yeah. Um, I love what you just mentioned about the whole uh, skepticism that some people in the community had with the show right. called Blackish coming out on ABC. Reason I love that is because I'm one of those people. <laughs> who, had, who had that skepticism. In fact, yeah. I was really a little nervous about you coming on here with us for the reason that I've never watched Blackish. <laughs> I've never seen Mixes. I've never seen Blackish yeah. um, until last night. Actually, oddly enough, I was up late last night working, couldn't fall asleep. And then an episode was on in the middle of the night. I was like, this must be the universe telling me to check it out. Right. And I thought it was uh, uh, the episode. I thought I saw, I thought it was dope, um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a sitcom guy. Right. Um, I'm more of a, uh, I ingest my comedy in the form of stand up, And then I'm more of like a sci-fi um, right. sports guy. Right. Yeah. But here's my, here's what happened to me with blackish at the same time that I was having that thought when it first was dropping that you were talking about. I heard the name. Yeah. I saw the network. And then I'm at work one day and a colleague of mine, who's a, who was not a black person. This was actually a white woman. Right. right? And, um, it's not someone who I'm not who harbors any negative racist sentiments or anything like that, that I, that I'm thinking of. This isn't a story about that, but it was one of the more awkward moments in work that had nothing to do with work that ever occurred to me. And it was that she came, she came up to me and she was so excited about your show and telling me that I have to watch it like emphatically <laughs> that I have to watch it. Right. <laughs> and um that that it i can't explain why i'm still to this day have trouble understanding why that just irritated me a little bit that someone was telling because because this person who was not part of my community discovered this show that's teaching them a little bit about my community right. and then and their reaction is to tell me that i need to go watch this show 
Um, so one of the themes that Justin and I often talk about on our podcast is the idea that, um, you know, first of all, that that everybody, most people need to be more educated about diversity and even that black people need to learn more about the diversity of black people, which I now am starting to learn and understand blackish delves into a bit as well. Um, but I'm just curious hearing that story yeah. that I had and the scenario I had and what you just talked about, about kind of the concerns when the show was first coming out. What do you think when you, when you hear that story, my reaction and do you think my reaction was was justified to be weirded out by that? Yeah, no, I mean that definitely like you know I will say like liberal minded a lot of liberal minded white people can overstep by accident, right? And um because they're so well intentioned, right? That like, you know, this person what I'm guessing it was like, oh, I learned this like I'm learning all of this stuff that's like super um, interesting, right? That I didn't know about before. And I'm seeing, right? Because also it was an you know, upwardly mobile black family, right? So like you're seeing like these portrayals, like, you know, it's a anesthesiologist wife and this like ad executive husband, right? And their kids and they're going to college and all this sort of stuff. So it's like, all of these positive portrayals of, a, of the black family um, on television at a time when there weren't really any portrayals at all. Right. And so they're seeing that and there's, and they're understanding the importance of it and then thinking like, okay, that's going to make me cool with you. Right. But then you haven't seen it. So fuck, I need you to see it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that we can have this bonding moment about how I'm helping you save the world. Right. So <laughs> that yeah. You, yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there because they were, that's the, the feeling I was having. I was like, you're trying, you're trying to bond with me. Right. But like, I got nothing to bond with you on this about. And now in order for us to bond on this thing, I got to go watch this thing. That's for my people. That, that, that's about my people <laughs> that you're now you're instructing me to go watch. And now right. I don't want to watch it because you're instructing me to go watch it. Right. Which is just, <laughs> that's the irony of it. Right. Is that like, I may have watched it and now I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That thing about blackish, like, um, like hip hop in a lot of ways, because the, the, we talked about this on the last pod, the primary consumers of hip hop are suburban white kids. Right. And we put a show like blackish, on ABC, the primary consumers of that show are probably not going to be black, right. which, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, does put a lot of pressure on the producers. Like Saji said, like, we have to explain shit. Like, yeah. it's colloquial. Like, the community understands it, but I want my joke to hit. So we, we kind of have to explain shit sometimes. Um, yo, I, we got to talk about the Juneteenth episode, which is... Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. It's it's Thank it's you. fabulous television. Like for people that haven't seen it, I'll be I'll be telling people, I just, you know, between me and you, we're boys. I don't tell people to watch your fucking show. I tell them <laughs> to watch the Juneteenth episode. Thank you. Because that episode's dope. And yeah. like uh, you know, there I was telling uh his earliest today earlier today, there were people who were quoting the blackish Juneteenth episode while lobbying for Juneteenth to be a national holiday. That's wow. real impact from an entertainer. How do you, like you, are you responsible for Juneteenth being a holiday, Saji? You I wrote mean, that episode. I just want to let people know, Saji wrote that episode. Did, I did. That, I'm, I'm more proud of that than I am of most things in my world, you know? Word. Um, because it was, it was so hard to do, right? Um, and it was, I became known as sort of the person on Blackish that wrote the quote unquote hard episodes. Right. And because mm -hmm. I, I, it was, it, but it came from a place of maybe not knowing any better of how hard it was going to be. Right. And so we talked about doing Juneteenth, the, the end of season three. Right. And we we're like, okay, we should maybe start season four with it. So we have all that lead time that that cast can learn the songs and the choreography and all this sort of stuff. And so during that hiatus between seasons three and four, I just did a bunch of research on Juneteenth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and because I was like, I want to do this, right? Because Kenya was leaving, right? Like for, you know, uh, I think that was when he left to go to Netflix or whatever. 
Oh, the reality and, show. Um, yeah, and and um, and so like, uh, I was like, all right, well, if he if he's not going to be writing this, then fuck it, I want to do it, you know. And so I was just kind of campaigning for it, right? Like, and so we started talking about it. I just had facts, facts, history, facts, and they're like, do you want to write this one? And I was like, yeah, you know, like so. I was like, cool, because everyone else was like go with God. Do you know what I mean? This seems crazy. <laughs> and so I ended up, you know, I did a bunch of spoken word before and stuff like that. So I ended up writing the lyrics with Aloe Black and Fonsworth Bentley, you know, Derek Watkins. And, um, and then I wrote, you know, I came up with that song, um, uh, just a slave, you know, like to the to tune of I'm just a bill. And I sent lyrics to the roots, right. And black thought, recorded my version i guess out of respect do you know what i mean <laughs> and then and then there's like another track that was his and we're like let's let's go with let's go with his version we're go with his version <laughs> yeah but i have i have this fucking black thought track on my computer of him doing my verse which is nice. dope do you know what i nice. mean and so, and so just and then he made it i mean he made it so much better but like um, and then instead of just like, just a slave, he changed to like, I am a slave. Right. And it's just like little details where you're just like, you, you, you do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it's better. There's just a sense of pride in it. And, and, and just to be able to collaborate with those types of people on that type of level. And then, you know, what they say is Tim Cook saw that episode and then put Juneteenth into the ICAP. And, and, you know, that you know, helps create awareness. Right. And, yeah. and, and that was the thing, like, you know, we lost our black audience when empire came on, like we premiered before empire. Right. And then we lost the bulk of our black audience to empire. Right. And so we maintained a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, a bougier black audience. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and, cool and, and, and so, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and so then there, there became like, you know, kind of like a unspoken kind of rivalry between like Blackish and Empire and how Black was Blackish and so on and so forth. Right. And but there was definitely a value to the programming we were doing and the audience that we had because it reached a different demographic that helped sort of pave the way. Right. So like, am I the person that like was out of the front line of course not right but i think it's undeniable that i played a part in it happening you know and so you know just like all the civil rights um activists that people don't necessarily know what they did do you mean like i'm super happy to be in that company right where it's Mm -hmm. just like you know if you know you know and if you don't like there's far greater people than me that did a whole lot more. <laughs> so I'm not trying to like, you know, take anybody's shine or, 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 you know, push myself to the top of anything, you know, but just, just the fact that, you know, like you're asking me this question, do you mean is like someone thinks that what I did had some involvement in this giant, like holiday being recognized is such an honor, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I look at you're like a modern day Sam Cooke, you know, you're like a modern, like, you know, the, the, the entertainers who were just doing it and then people were using their product in order to further the movement. And it's, it, I mean, it, art has always played a role in, in civil rights, man. Um, Piz was talking about this before we got on. Like, it took so long for the country to really embrace uh, Martin Luther King Day. Right. Um, once the country found out what Juneteenth was, it seemed like that kind of happened real fast. Yeah. And it's because it was in the in the public atmosphere because of that episode. So, you know, I, I'm, we're not going to say Saji wrote the bill, but, <laughs> you know, we're going to we're going to give we're going to give you some credit on that. man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, it, 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 it's the one thing I will say. Another reason I don't want to be tied too closely to it is because like in the same way that I'm sure Latin people don't appreciate the college Sanco de Mayo parties. Do you mean like cut to (laughs) 10 years from now, the like college campus Juneteenth parties, they'd be like, Saji, what the fuck have you done? (laughs) So, so that's another reason I'm a little, a little, uh, 
concerned. <laughs> but see, I disagree, man. I feel like Juneteenth is that one holiday where we were supposed to wild out. Like, that's what it was. It's a fucking freedom right. celebration. That's right. You know that's what I'm right. saying? So, like, all the other holidays, I think some have a little bit more, uh, we'll say, gravitas, right? right? But Juneteenth, is suppo- it's supposed to be a party, in for lack right. of a better way to put it. So, yeah, man. If you haven't seen that episode, you're watching the Beat On podcast, you're listening to us on, on Spotify or iTunes or wherever the fuck you're listening to us, <laughs> check out the Juneteenth episode. Google that shit, find it. Can people still find it? People can find it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, streaming I'm, on ABC. Yeah, I'm, I bet on Hulu. I bet it's still streaming on Hulu. Hulu. All right, there we go. Uh-huh. Um, we got time for, uh, you got time for us to throw a, a, a fan question at you before we, yeah. Before, yeah, before, we, sure. before we stop being so damn serious with you here? No, yeah, no, please. All right. Um, here's one that that uh, that got sent over to me. Um, now that the show is coming to an end, they're referring to Blackish in this instance. Um, now that the show is coming to an end, uh, reflecting back, what is one thing that you would do differently, either thematically or with specific characters or plot development that you weren't allowed to do at the time or that you didn't think of when you had the opportunity? So, um, really good question. It is. It is. So, I'm trying to decide like what kind of shit I want to stare with. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I, I, see the I can see. Wheels, I see. I was gonna say. I see the. I see the pot getting stirred. <laughs> um, so, like with mixedish, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I I cast. Tika Sumter and the role of Alicia, right? And um, on Blackish, the role of Alicia is played by Anna Devere Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And Anna Devere Smith, very talented uh, actor. She's biracial, right? And then she's playing a biracial woman's mom, which doesn't work scientifically, right? Right. And so, you know, when it came to Mixish, I was like, this needs to be a full black woman, right? And then Beyond that, it was like the most talented woman, which was Tika Sumter. She's amazing, right? And there was a lot, not a lot. There was some Twitter bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Of just like, you know, what are you doing? Make it make sense. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, this does make sense, right? Do you know what I mean? Like what we're doing. And then when you look at like Christina Anthony and 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 other sort of uh, women that are on mixed dish um you know i was making concerted efforts to cast in places that weren't necessarily cast before right and i didn't i, I wasn't a part of the conversations with anna devere smith um so i didn't have that's not where my level was at that time if you know i also wrote the colorism episode of blackish right um and so that too yeah. So like, you know, if I had had more authority early on in Blackish, I would have tried to make a lot of the same casting choices that we did on Mixedish that we did that Blackish was criticized for. Mm-hmm. You know, and that Gronish was criticized for. Um, so, you know, I think it's unfortunate that with a show that has done so much good, that that is a, a criticism that it faced. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's not like when people were going after those shows for those reasons, Mixed Dish never got mentioned. Do you know what I mean? Because we didn't have the same issues. Yeah. So, um, so that's something that when I had the authority to do something differently, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wish I'd had that authority earlier. Word, word, word. Yo, first of all, like having a, a a black show with spinoffs on spinoffs. Like that's not, that's not common. You guys got to be shouted out for that. So, you know, kudos to you, Kenya, the whole squad, y'all, y'all changed the game and opened the door for a lot of other shows. So just want to big you up for that. Yo, um, pick up that weak ass drink real quick. Let me, let me see that. Real quick. Oh. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. What are, whoa, whoa. What's that you working on over there? 
This is uh this is I'm on my cowboy shit. This is ranch water. <laughs> oh wait, I, that, I've heard about that actually. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm uh, somebody sure. somebody told me that's sneaky good, right? Nah, not trash. not not this not this flavor. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, but I haven't had the rest of the the seltzers that everybody's doing. The what's what's the what's the pop the famous one? White oh, Claw. um, White Claw. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had any of those. And so um, when this one came out, I was like, oh, cowboy, cowboy seltzer. Oh, sign me up. So, right, right, right. You, 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 even branding yourself a cowboy for a while <laughs> might as well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know I'm sure cowboys are on the ranch drinking seltzer. <laughs> Here's what you want to do with the guy. We got a we got a theme here on the podcast where we drink seltzer from you. With <laughs> but um, but that usually has to do with mixed cocktails. But if I'm, if I'm not going to have a mixed cocktail. I do. I, I skew to seltzers as opposed to beer because I'm not really a beer guy. And I will say this, the seltzer game, the sneaky, sneaky dope seltzers are actually the lemonade seltzer, the flavored lemonade seltzers. Find yourself that either uh-huh. true, truly lemonade seltzer or Bud Light lemonade seltzer, black cherry lemonade Bud Light seltzer. I know, I know. I just threw out four words in a row after Justin called your drink a weak ass drink that make me <laughs> sound like I drink a weak ass, weak ass sounding drinks. But trust me on this one. Now, there's a time and a place, man. I I judge, but I drink them shits. There's a time yeah. and a place. You've had them at my crib. I have. <laughs> Definitely have. Poker night. I got I, I drank like eight of them shits. All right. Yeah. So yo, we got we got like two minutes left. Um huh. I want to do a little um rapid fire we're just going to ask you one or the other you just got to pick one uh i don't know if we want to stop for explanations because that kind of defeats the purpose of rapid fire but um fuck it we might stop because you're insane and i i like picking your brain on, on interesting <laughs> shit so um i i wanted to start with uh superpowers all right i'm gonna give you a few just pick one uh let's go with Super speed or super strength? Super speed. Ah, okay. Because if you run fast enough, it's the same as super strength. That's fair point. Science. Fair point. Oh, science. People bring science. Motherfucking science. Science <laughs> is in our dirty words section. We're going to get to that next week, folks. Y'all will hear a little bit about science. Um, science is a dirty word in our society. It's something that, that, that Don and I, it's a new segment on <laughs> our show. Um, we'll get back to science. All right. Um, uh, invisibility or mind reading? Mind reading. Ooh. Mind reading. Oh, you're a writer, so that makes sense, actually. Yeah, well, because at first I was like, what's the best way to, like, do a heist, right? And I was like, invisibility. But then mind reading, I can, I can, yeah, I can get your password and just take your stuff that way. Right, right, right. That's, that's blue-collar crime versus white-collar crime. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> both crimes, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, my mind went to crime for both. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I expected. All right. Because <laughs> you got one. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go away from superpowers for a second. Ready for this? Yeah. Um, drums or flats? Drums. Drums. Yeah. I like that. You didn't. I, the fact that you didn't even ask what I'm talking about. Well, no, it took me a second. And then I was thinking about, cause I've, <laughs> I learned online, like the flats hack, do you know what I mean? Where you can like take the bone out and yeah, make the push, them we, call that, we call that the push pull technique. We've been doing that since back in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I mean, I never, I, but I, I, I bad cholesterol. So I've stopped eating wings really since I learned this. So I'm back to when I, like the the drums, that feels like more meat. Drums. <laughs> we got we got something for you. Bad cholesterol. Um, start start using an air fryer. If you listen to our podcast, um, you'll understand. We All really right. we really love the air fryer. That'll help with some of the grease reduction. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> air fry everything. All right. Um, let's let's do let's do one more. Um, oh, this is juicy. Um, all right. Live forever young. All right. So like think like uh, Dorian Gray or like vampires, right? But are you living forever or just yeah, for as long right, as right. you live, you're young. For as long as you live, you're young. I got it. Okay. All right. 
or age super slow, like a Wolverine or like a Superman or, or one of those. Yeah. How young am I? We'll say, we'll say prime. Oh, prime. then definitely forever young for sure. Without question. Not even a thought. If, if you had to be a vampire, would you still choose it? If you had to suck blood to do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Word. Nice. Nice. Yo, um, Saji, thanks for coming on to the Be Doing Podcast, man. We really appreciate you joining us. Our first guest. Right, my first man. Guest. Thank you, sir. Of course. Of course and man. we hope to have you back sometime in the future. And when you do come back with us, we expect you to drink sexy, my man. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. 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 Powered by Righteous Media.